Hello, and welcome back to the Palette Plug Podcast. Uh, if you're watching this, you can see that I've gotten a haircut at this point. I decided that it was time to let a little bit of my past go, so I decided to trim it up a bit. Uh, today, we have an exciting show. We have Michael Schmidt here from Airburner. Uh, this interesting piece of technology, I, I see it as an incinerator, but Michael's going to tell me why I'm wrong in my guess as to what that is. Uh, how it's related to the pallet industry, how it could be beneficial for a pallet company to purchase one of these or even just have a conversation with Michael to learn about it. I do want to give a thank you to Marty Gonzalez for setting us up and kind of connecting us and presenting this opportunity. So, Michael, would you mind giving us a little introduction, who you are, what you do, and uh, and then we can go into what Airburner is. Sure, sure, Kyle. No, no problem there. Haircut looks great, by the way. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so Airburners, uh, my name is Mike Schmidt. I'm the director of sales here for Airburners. Been with the company for about eight years now. Uh, Airburners, we've been manufacturing above ground air curtain burners for the past 25 years. Uh, so we're based out of Palm City, Florida, where we manufacture the machines. We have about 100,000 square foot in our manufacturing plant where we're building, welding, uh, painting, installing, running, testing the fireboxes, and then we ship the machines all over the world. So one of the better parts here in Florida is that we are right next to the ports. Nice. So what's interesting enough is that I can ship a machine to Taiwan wow. less expensive than I can ship a machine to California. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we load them up in a Connex container and uh, the truck will come out in the back of our factory and and then go right to a, a ship and it'll ship overseas. So thousands of machines all over the world. Wow. And that's I, something I just to kind of cut you off real quick. I didn't know like it was global. You know, I was only I was kind of thinking small minded. So it's pretty awesome that they're all over the place. Yes. Yes. So I, I picked up uh, I have two Taiwanese reps. We have reps in South America, reps in Australia, wow. uh, reps in, in Canada. We uh, we have, of course, have reps here inside. Uh, at Airburners, mm -hmm. so we do a, most of our sales calls that or, or that we're dealing with emails, people calling in are from North America. <clears throat> cool. Okay. So yes. let's get into it. What what is this not incinerator? <laughs> yes, it's not incinerator. So that's uh, you know it's it's interesting. So EPA is making that change right now. Okay. So they were saying, "Oops, sorry, we called them incinerators." When EPA in here in the United States tested our machines about 15 years ago. And those tests lasted for about eight or seven, seven or eight years. Wow. And uh, with those tests, they called them air curtain incinerators. And that's where that incinerator name came from as the, that's what the government wanted to call it. The problem is, is an incinerator is a specific type of machine. And an incinerator is going to be in, an enclosed top. It's going to have burners, some sort of supplemental fuel. So it's going to have a gas and uh, and then it'll burn, incinerate uh, anything inside of the machine. Now, it is very similar to our machine. However, our machine, we labeled what uh, we like to be called an air curtain burner. Okay. So the air curtain burner is very similar. However, there is no supplemental fuel that is utilized with our machine. The waste, the wood waste, the clean wood waste that is put in into the air curtain burner, that is the fuel. So the wood okay. waste is actually the fuel that powers the machine. And when I say power the machine, the machine is designed as an air pollution control device. So it's designed to burn with little to no smoke. Okay. So with that, 
we have uh, been labeled the BACT, the best available control technology. So currently California is our busiest state with our fireboxes. It used to be Texas uh, and now California and the West Coast have, have taken over with a lot of the cleanup from the forest fire or preventing forest fire with wildfire mitigation. Uh, and the reason that they utilize our machine or the government is pushing our machine in many states is because it's the BACT. Uh, BACT basically means that you are going to be the least expensive way and environmentally the cleanest way. So when you look okay. at the stocks, the knocks, the PM 2.5 VOCs, so compared to grinding and hauling, compared to composting, and of course, compared to open burning, mm -hmm. our machines environmentally are the cleanest way to provide an end solution for that wood. Gotcha. It's designed for clean wood waste. So you can only burn trees, stumps, branches, two by fours, pallets, uh, but you can't burn wood waste that has chemicals in it. Okay. So like pressure treated wood waste gotcha. um, or, or wood waste that has glue. Like painted. What about like a painted? Painted palette? wood waste too cannot burn that as well. Okay. So it's been when it, when EPA tested our machines and they called them the air curtain incinerator. Uh, it was uh, it was clean wood waste that you're allowed to burn inside the firebox. But the incinerator issue is that once you call it an incinerator, every state has permits for an incinerator. So then we go, hey, here's an air curtain incinerator. Let's permit this machine. And then they give us an incinerator permit and our machine is not an incinerator and does not have any of the qualities that an actual incinerator would have. Uh, so our machine's built a little bit differently. Uh, the way that our machine is built is it has a diesel engine or okay. an electric motor and that diesel engine or electric motor powers a fan. And so that fan, what it does, it blows air through the manifold on one top of the firebox and that manifold, it acts like a lid on top of the firebox. Hmm. So like an incinerator, it has a lid. And that's kind of where I think it, it, it was derived from. Mm -hmm. uh, but the you start the fire inside of the firebox like a normal campfire. Okay. So let's say you have your pallets. You would load your pallets in. This would be a cold start because you're talking about day one when the firebox arrives. The firebox arrives turnkey. So you start the fire inside of the firebox. Um, there's ignition holes in the side of the firebox, so you can use a weed torch, and you okay. put the weed torch in on the side of the firebox, the pallets will catch fire. Once the pallets are caught, you, they are caught and enclosed inside of our box. So if you were thinking about or trying to understand what a firebox looks like, we have fireboxes that range anywhere from 12 feet to 30 feet in length. Wow, okay. So any range anywhere from one ton an hour up to 13 tons an hour wow. is what you're going to be burning on uh, on a daily basis. And so the firebox, um, if you have, let's say, the 20-foot the firebox, you're going to have a 6-foot wide wall and then about a 7-foot tall wall and then okay. a 20-foot long firebox. Gotcha. The largest firebox, the 330 firebox, you're 8.5 feet wide, about 8.5 feet tall, and about 30 feet long. Wow. So the big. firebox is different sizes. Yeah. Uh, but so you load the firebox, start the fire up. Once the fire started, then you turn on the air curtain. And what the air curtain is going to do is it's going to stall out the smoke for a quick second. Once the smoke rises, mm -hmm. it's going to hit that air curtain. The smoke is going to be pushed down into the middle of the firebox, which is what we call the secondary burn chamber. 
And inside of this secondary burn chamber, the smoke is going to burn up in fractions of a second, causing them to burn down so small in small little particles where just the heat waves come out of the firebox. Wow. And the whole purpose of that secondary burn chamber is to oxygenate the fire to burn as fast as possible. Okay. So if you were to compare our machine to open burning, you can open burn a stump and that could take a few days to burn. Right. Out of our firebox, it'll burn up in just a few hours. Wow. So yeah, the so, idea is, go ahead. Are you, I'll, I'll yeah, you. So that's uh, generically how the, how the firebox works. It's a continuously load. So okay. you're constantly loading it all day long. Um, and like, so the S327, that'll burn, I think it's somewhere around 300 pallets an hour. Wow. Okay. And that are, now these have to be broken down or can you just throw whole pallets in there? Exactly. Whole pallets. Okay. Um, so just as long as the firebox is large enough for the pallet itself. Now with pallets, you get a lot of geometric stacking. So this is one of the things I always tell our customers on the phone, they say, okay, well, you know, I, I only need to burn three tons an hour. So I'm going to buy a small, smaller 116 firebox. Okay. Well, the 116 firebox, you're looking at, you know, the, the walls in the 116 are five feet wide, six feet tall. Okay. So five feet wide, six feet tall, and you start getting geometric stacking in the box. And now you're only putting two or three uh, pallets in the box at a time because okay. of the geometric stacking. So you always want to buy one one size up uh, larger of a machine compared to what you're looking at with the pallets because of geometric stacking and because of the flames. So okay. pallets burn pretty hot. Mm -hmm. um, and so the flames themselves, you, you want to keep the firebox about 75% full when running the firebox. Okay. So, so you, you I want to cut you. A 200 series firebox or okay. a 300 series firebox. So I'm curious, what about like the, the nails? Like, does that become a concern? Like, how does that kind of play into that? Is it because great, it gets, go ahead, go ahead. Great question, <laughs> great question, yeah. So, you know, with uh, with burning the standard wood waste, the stumps, the trees, the logs, the branches, things of that nature, it leaves a lot of ash, a lot of ash, 3% of ash, right? Okay. But a lot of ash compared to burning pallets. So pallets are almost burn up 99 to 100%. So I'll never forget, uh, you know, about six years ago, I was I was calling a client. He purchased a, a firebox and I was following up about two months, three months after he had his firebox, making sure everything's running good. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me we manufacture something called an ash rake. Right. So if you have a 20 foot firebox, you have a 20 foot ash rake. If you have a 30 foot firebox, you'll have a 30 foot ash rake. Okay. And so he was using his ash rake for the first time. And I said, oh, that's great. He's like, yeah, we're going to pull all the nails out of the firebox. It's our first time using the ash rake. And this is after three months of owning the firebox. Wow. And in the beginning, we say, okay, you should break out the ash every morning. But this was <laughs> at the point where I started finding out that with pallets, they almost burn up complete. And you're only left with the nails. So after about three months of burning, he had gotcha. to take the nails out of the firebox pull them out and then you take them you take them to a recycling site and you recycle all the metal. Okay. Wow. Yep, so dropping the nails inside of the firebox or metal inside of the firebox is not a problem. It doesn't burn hot enough to where it's going to melt the nails. Gotcha. It will soften the nails and almost congeal on the in the bottom of the firebox. Interesting. But uh, but yeah, so they will they will will be there and, and you'll want to collect them about every few months to pull them out and recycle the nails.
not and so they're kind of like the outlier like you were saying normally you tell them every day every morning you were saying that they should be raking the ash out of that but with pallets it's different so that's it's interesting that they burn that intensely leaving that little ash and then also the metal itself it sounds like a easier than like normal burning it sounds like <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean so here when i first started eight years ago mm -hmm. um, it, we were selling a lot to land clearing companies municipalities transfer stations anybody collecting wood waste pulling wood waste back to one site and then those companies facilities were looking at the least expensive way to remove their wood waste and that's our machine your operational costs are less than one dollar per ton and that statement right there, that is really why people purchase our machines. It's great that environmentally, it's gonna be the cleanest way to provide an end solution compared to grinding and hauling, compared to composting, and of course, compared to burning. Mm -hmm. But the reason that everybody purchases our machines is because it's the least expensive way to provide an end solution for that wood. And so the municipalities, land clearing companies, that's a, another large percentage of our machines that are sold to, but they're all, knocking down trees and while that tree is green they're taking and knocking down the tree and throwing it right into the firebox so they're not waiting for it to dry out wow and so that was most of the the industry that i started dealing with in the, in the first few years and with that type of material there's a lot of dirt that gets thrown in and mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, ash that's created from that type of material because it's i guess it's greener material pallets are more dried out right so they burn up more complete but when the pallet company started, the pallet industry started taking off for us here at Airburners was back in 2018. Okay. And the reason for that was China Sword, right? So I'm not sure if you've heard of China Sword nope. before. Okay. So, no. so I know um, the China Sword, basically, we here in the United States, we were getting rid of all of our chips. So in our wood waste to China, China was buying it. Uh, when the China sword came out in 2018, you no longer could export and China could no longer purchase the chips. Interesting. Therefore, what do we do with the chips? What do we do? with Yeah. The so it started becoming a bottleneck. And at that point, um, you couldn't get rid of chips anymore. And the pallet companies, they, you know, they're manufacturing pallets, but they have broken pallets and they have customers that they deliver new pallets to. And then they take back all the broken pallets. So all this yeah. unwanted unusable wood waste uh, starts piling up. And so if you can make chips and sell chips, it's great. You want to sell the chips. Yeah. Our machines are for customers that can't sell the chips. And what happens is if there are three people out there in the pallet industry and they're making chips and selling chips, well, the other three people that are out there, they can't sell their chips because these <laughs> three are covering the market. I so see. our machines are for those facilities that the wood waste is piling up. They can't sell the chips rather than hauling it off in a truck and creating all those missions mm -hmm. emissions and going to a landfill, which where the wood waste will sit inside of the landfill, create more methane, create more horrible emissions. Our machine, you're able to on site get rid of the wood waste that you don't need or don't want. So that kind of brings me to one of the questions that I had had was like, what makes this an eco-friendly solution? Because somebody might say like, well, I'm still, I'm using the diesel engine and like, this is still burning. Isn't that still putting particles into the air? Like, so what would you say in response to that? 
Yes. So great, great question. So when it comes down to the emissions, um, the emissions for the machine, yes, a diesel engine, you have a little 49 horsepower diesel engine. Okay. Uh, we use a tier four final engine that'll burn about one gallon of diesel an hour, right? So okay. very small emissions compared to a, a grinder that's going to burn 60 gallons of diesel an hour or 150 gallons of diesel an hour, right? <laughs> so the grinders will, will use quite a bit. So very small diesel engine. Now, if you want to be even better for the environment, we have the option of an electric motor, okay. right? So you run the electric motor to power the fan. Uh, and so the emissions that are coming off of the machine are very minimal because that air curtain is pushing those emissions down into the down into the, the secondary burn chamber of the machine mm-hmm. where the emissions are burned off. So very minimal emissions are coming out of the box. Uh, but one of the one of the things that I'm excited about in the future, it's coming out this January uh, in 2024 is our biocharger. Uh, so we've been manufacturing the fireboxes for the past 25 years. Again, it's that's the money saver for customers. They're saving usually $1,000 a day or more uh, with our machines running it to get rid of their wood waste. And so the firebox is a great piece of equipment. But five years ago, uh, six years ago, we came out with a power generation firebox. So that's the firebox. It simply uses the heat from the firebox to create electricity. See, that's cool. Marty was telling me about that. So like, I really want you to go off onto this thing because... It just sounds super cool. It's, you know, it, it really is. It, I love the idea. Um, you know, the, the, we've, we've sold, um, you know, over the past five years, we've sold about, uh, about four of the power generation units. Now it takes us about eight months okay. to build them. Okay. Right? So uh, it's a, it's an industry that's just starting to take off. But the thing is, is the wood waste where you can save, you know, thousands of dollars a day mm-hmm. is, Rather than transporting it to the landfill and paying forty dollars per ton, yeah, or fifty dollars per ton, or depending where you are in the United States, a hundred dollars per ton, eighty dollars per ton, wow. um, where you can get rid of the wood waste in our machine for less than a dollar per ton. Um, that is, that's where customers save the money. Mm-hmm. We don't have an electrical problem right now uh, in the United States, right? Yeah. So, so creating electricity and selling it back to the electric company. That's a tough, tough sale there. So yeah, yeah. you may you may be making a couple hundred dollars a day selling electricity back to the power company, but you're making hundreds to thousands of dollars a day getting rid of the wood waste and saving the transfer the, the transfer costs to the landfills. But what's exciting about the new machine, the mm-hmm. biocharger? So now you're not selling the electricity back to the grid into the power company. Now you are putting the electricity into a battery storage module. So the electricity, now it's completely off grid. So you don't have to make a grid connection. So we call this island mode. And so in the island mode of our biocharger, you get rid of your wood waste. So you save a lot of money there Mm -hmm. with much less emissions than grinding and hauling. And then you take that energy that you're creating from burning the wood waste, create that electricity, that electricity goes into the battery storage module. So Rolls-Royce is building the battery storage module for us. Volvo Construction is is providing the connections. Wow. And uh, so we already had the power generation unit. So it's one more piece to the power generation unit. But the battery storage module now 
makes it off grid. So you, you're, there are no connections. It's island mode. So you can put it right on your piece of property and uh, charge up the battery storage module. That battery storage module comes in three different sizes, a 400 kilowatt size, a 700 kilowatt size, and a one megawatt size. So depending on what you need to charge, wow, whether it's an, an excavator, your trash trucks, your cars, your forklifts, uh, that's, that's what the uh, battery storage module will do for you. And all for about the same price is that you can purchase a, a grinder. So so I'm kind of thinking the what you were talking about with the uh, electric uh, engine version. You were saying that that's not just like it's not plugged into the wall and that's how it operates. Like, is it hooked up to uh, a panel and then the energy that that produces gets fed back in? And that's like when you were talking about going back towards the grid and the energy company actually pays you like in essence it works similar to like a solar panel is that what you were saying great question yeah so it gets a little confusing so if you're just looking at the standard firebox by itself right yeah. one piece yeah and so the standard firebox is one piece that can have an electric motor right and just the firebox by itself with the electric motor uh you plug it into the wall okay Okay. Right. So that's just a firebox with an electric motor. Okay. Now the power generation unit, that's going to be three pieces. So that will be the firebox. Okay. The heat recovery module that sits next to the firebox to take the heat off the top of the firebox. Okay. And a, and a cooling module. And the cooling okay. module cools the working fluid. So how the power generation unit works is that you have your firebox. The heat recovery module sits next to the firebox. It will take the heat off the top of the firebox. It'll heat up a working fluid. Once that working fluid is heated up, it expands. Once it expands, it turns the screws inside of the ORC. ORC is your organic Rankin cycle system. ORC is like every in every biomass facility across the nation, they mostly run an ORC type of uh, electricity that they're okay. creating. Gotcha. And so. Then the working fluid then goes into the cooling tower where the working fluid is cooled off and then reintroduced back into the system. So a completely automated system, completely enclosed system. So the mm -hmm. end users just have to load the firebox with wood waste. Everything else is automatic. So and I, I, I want to kind of go back to the when you were talking about like going on the grid option. Are you saying that that only applies to this specific? type of firebox like the one that like has the actual energy um i can't <laughs> it's getting away from me right now what you were literally just talking about yes, you know um, generation so, so there's the option of having it go into a battery or having it go back through the grid and then like that is what can i guess uh go back towards the energy company is that what you were saying or sure. like this oh, oh okay gotcha yeah. so there's yeah. so it's just it's just two different names so we have a okay. pgf 100 okay. so it produces 100 kilowatts per hour right and then we have the biocharger so the pgf 100 that's just like a solar panels that's like a it's okay. set up on a net metering system so gotcha. electricity has to go somewhere so it goes into the grid so if the customers it has an electric bill or, or they're running electricity, that electricity will be used from the PGF 100. Gotcha. The excess electricity goes back into the grid. Okay. So, you know, if a customer has a electricity in that little 
uh, the dials going around you yeah. know, really fast using a lot of electricity. Well, now the dial is going to slow down because the power generation firebox, the PGF 100, is going to power that facility because it's on the same transformer. Gotcha. Okay. The So we call that on-grid. It's the PGF 100. Okay. And then the new product that's coming out in, in January of 2024, that's the biocharger. Okay. And so the biocharger is four pieces. So the standard PGF 100 is three pieces, the gotcha. firebox, the heat recovery module, the cooling module, the biocharger is one more piece, okay. the battery storage module. And that battery storage module makes it island mode, so it's not connected to the grid anymore. Okay. Gotcha. That's interesting. Now, what is the benefit to the the battery you know like why would somebody want to choose the battery option versus you know having it go back onto the grid kyle that is, that is a great question and, and you know what when it, i think right now where i see this is not so much in the pallet industry but it can get there because i see in the in the pallet industry they run run a lot of forklifts yeah that's forklifts. so i can see it working there right but where it's in demand i've i've said this machine i've said the idea of the machine for to a, a few different facilities mm -hmm. and they've already put it in their budget to purchase the biocharger well, that's and the reason is this so yeah. if you look in all the magazines and, and and if you look into the you know what's what you see on the on tv if you look into what the president's talking about we're going to electric vehicles electric trucks electric this mm -hmm. you go to california and california is making a regulation that in by 2025 uh, you won't be allowed to use any type of combustible engines 35 horsepower or less. New York is adopt, uh, adopting this as well. 35 horsepower or less, no combustible engines, all electric. Well, you start hearing about, okay, well, we just ordered, you, you hear these municipalities, you hear customers buying fleets of cars, and now they have these cars and they're trying to figure out, oh, we're just going to plug them into our building, but they're not set up and the electric companies are not set up to power the electric vehicle. So I keep on hearing these stories again and again and again. And uh, when it comes down to it, I was again talking to a municipality in South Carolina and they, same thing. They bought, they have electric uh, bobcats and skid steers, electric equipment to run around to, to do what public works do and in the municipalities all across the United States. And they don't have a way to power their electric vehicles. So <laughs> when they heard that, okay, well, we have tons of wood waste that everybody's putting at the curb and mm -hmm. we're bringing back to our transfer station where we're just trying to get rid of it in the least expensive way possible, the firebox, which <laughs> is already being used. Right. And now they want to say, okay, well, let's create electricity. We'll put the electricity in the battery. And now we're going to charge our electric trash trucks, our electric cars, our electric vehicles, bobcats, skid steers. Uh, so they're, they're quite excited about that. So I see number one, um, People that are using electric vehicles, trash trucks, so municipalities mostly. Mm -hmm. So I see a big market for that. But then you talk about these states that, uh, like in California, that are getting rid of combustible engines. So now, California, you heard about of, uh, many wildfires out there over the past few years. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of wildfire cleanup in the middle of the mountains. Um, they're doing a lot of wildfire cleanup around the towns. Um, and so with that, they're using smaller little engines. So when now they switch over to electric, they're doing wildfire mitigation. They're doing forest thinning out there and they're using machines that are able to get the material out of the woods. And now they have to go to battery powered. 
Now they're in the middle of the mountains with battery powered equipment. How do you recharge that equipment in the middle of the mountains? Oh, wow. That's okay. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. So now you have a portable unit. All of our machines are portable. Gotcha. You can take it to where you want to go. Many issues throughout the throughout the United States with our biomass facilities. I mean, I seem to be talking to customers in every state and, and the biomass facilities are shutting down. Currently, the federal government funds these uh, the biomass facilities. They, they cost hundreds of millions to open and run and, and keep them going. And the issue with the biomass facilities is that they burn chips to create the heat to create mm-hmm. electricity. Right. So the biomass facility, you'll you'll go and grind the chips that let's say right around fifteen dollars a ton. And then they usually have to grind them again to clean the chips because you need to burn clean chips. So that's about another fifteen dollars a ton. Then they take those chips and they haul them 50 miles, 30 miles, 100 miles to the biomass facility. They spend that that money. Then the biomass facility buys the chips. Then they use a supplemental fuel, a gas, a propane. They have the true incinerator. And so now they're going to burn the chips in their boiler or in their incinerator to create that heat to create electricity. So it's a very, very, very expensive process. And it's a permanent foundation that they just built. So as you clear out all the wood waste around that and within a 30 mile radius, a lot of the government facilities uh, can't go and take the wood waste to to those locations anymore. So our machine simply portable and, uh, and take it into the woods and you're able to get rid of your wood waste. Everything is electric. Uh, so you're able to burn inside of the air curtain burner. It has an electric motor. If you're building, creating electricity, the electricity is going into the battery pack where you can recharge all your electric equipment. I know we're kind of get, get, getting a little off track from the uh, no. industry. I I still think it's relevant. I mean, in in a way. I mean, and it's and it's. I wanted to hear that. I was honestly excited for for that and just to hear the relevance of of the product and where it's applicable. So I think that you know, if there's more that you wanted to say on it, feel free. Um, but no, I mean, because my mind immediately went to like you were saying, like like forklifts. You know, I felt like that was probably. And then they also there's machinery at a lot of these. Uh, pallet locations anyway i mean like you know maybe down the line somebody has to create more electronic oriented uh, equipment because a lot of the like um equipment runs off of like gasoline you know so like that's kind of one thing to consider but i don't know maybe there's a a market for you guys there you know but uh, is it is it like a plug-in thing or is it like you know a drop-in battery that you would put into the actual piece of machinery it's a it's a drop-in battery, but when then we build a skid around it. So all of our fireboxes are designed to be drug around. Okay. So when they do these portable land clearing or they're out there in the woods or, you know, where our machine started 25 years ago were military bases and pipeline mm. clearing. So it was areas mm. where they were trying to reduce the smoke, where they were, um, you know, grinding and hauling was too expensive or wasn't an option because they didn't have a place to haul the chips. And so then they were open burning, but then the open burning created too much smoke. So they weren't allowed to open burn. Therefore, they found our machines uh, to, to, to utilize to get rid of the wood waste in a clean way possible, in the cleanest way possible. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where the machine started. But uh, they've kind of adapted themselves through the years to the transfer stations, to the pallet companies, to the sawmills, to uh, to 
anybody that is just trying to get rid of wood waste in the least expensive way possible. Yeah, no, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's crazy. It's cool to hear how it's evolved. So originally started with like clearing space for military bases, you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, gotcha. Yes. And, you know, the like the, the U.S. Forest Service right now, we have a partnership. We have a CRADA agreement with them. And it's really the reason that they're utilizing our machines is safety, right? So if you have an open yes. burn pile, I mean, you saw a lot of these 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 fires all over the United States, Canada, right? Yeah. Now. So yeah. great great way to talk about Canada. Uh, you know, these uh, lo- most of the fires are coming out. They're starting. They talked about lightning strikes, uh, but there are, people are open burning on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. so the open burn, the problem with that. Uh, is that they open burn a pile. I mean, this was in British Columbia. This was two years ago, a couple years ago, but it was a farm, an ag farm, and they were open burning a pile. Well, with the open burn and you have winds that blow through, 20 mile per hour winds that blow through, well, it's an open pile. So it's just going to blow those embers. And yeah. so the ember went across the road, through it was over a field, across the road, and burnt the house down across the street, right? So that's just a house. And, and uh, luckily, nobody was hurt. But what's happening now is that they're starting these open burn piles that are not contained and winds are coming through, a couple embers get out, and then you can't stop the fire in time. And then you have the large forest fires. So open burn is a, it's, it's, it's tough because it's not contained. With our firebox,es it is contained. So, so I, I was going to, and I hate to cut you off, I'm curious, like, what if you wanted to stop? the fire you know like is there a shut off is there a top like how would you stop that excellent yeah so with with our machines um with let's say you're burning pallets let's say you wanted to leave at the end of the day okay mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so what you're going to do is if you load a load load so let's say you are leaving at five o'clock four mm-hmm. o'clock is the last time you load the machine the air curtain stays on and you're burning and uh, in about 30 minutes everything inside of the box is going to burn down uh, to ash and embers. And so you'll have uh, pretty much, again, that that 99% with burning pallets, mm-hmm. you won't have really anything left. And then so at the end of the day, now everything is contained in the box. You have walls that are seven feet tall. Uh, the little ash and embers are at the bottom of the box. And at five o'clock, you turn on, the, turn off the fan and leave for the end of the, end of, end of the day. So it's really, like you're saying, it's self-contained. It's not as much like you're not going to leave it overnight on, but you just, by turning it off, like that is sufficient enough to where there's not enough heat coming off of it. There's no way that like, let now here's a question. It goes outside, right? Like this wouldn't be something that you could have indoors. Correct. Correct. 99.9% of our machines are outside. Okay. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe dumb question, but there's definitely, there's incinerators inside. I feel like so potentially, um, something i was thinking about but yeah i i i uh i feel like you've answered so many of the questions too is there things that sorry i feel like i cut you off in the middle yeah, of what no, you're so, saying too so, safety side, so you really don't need yeah. um, you know when it comes to our machines you don't need any um anything else besides running the firebox down let everything burn down by the end of to the end of the day yeah um, depending on what you're burning is depending on when you stop loading right so if you're burning big trees right you know, it's going to be about two hours before you're ready to leave at the end of the day because okay. you have a, a two foot tree that's your diameter tree that you're burning inside of the firebox. Um, so, but you'll, 
You'll let it burn down at the end of the day, uh, and then you'll turn it off. We do also manufacture an ember screen, right? So you can put an okay. ember screen over top of the firebox at, at the end of the day. It's not needed because, uh, again, you have the, the seven-foot walls, six-foot walls, eight-foot walls uh, that are there to cover, uh, you know, help uh, help cover from the wind. So it's a contained fire, contained embers at the end of the day. So I'm thinking, like, in the sense of, uh if i were a pallet business owner you know like what how i mean i and i know that you had said like it kind of sells itself you know a lot of the times it's people reaching out to to you guys to kind of ask about these things but do you how do you like have that conversation with them to show the value like if somebody's like well i just you know i just burn the wood or i just have this relationship with this recycler that i've been working with you know is it is it the cost savings that you really try to focus on in those conversations? Like what would be, how do you navigate that is what I'm yeah. thinking. Sure. You know what? It, it, it is quite, quite often cost, right? So yeah. I was yeah. talking to this, this manufacturing plant uh, just, just the other day mm-hmm. and they spend $30,000 a month disposing of their pallets. Wow. Thir- yeah. $30,000? $30,000 a month disposing okay. of their pallets. Right. So um, you think about just smaller companies. Um, this is a large manufacturing plant. But so you have the and it's they're disposing of their pallets because the chip market's already taken care of that industry. Right. So they can't sell the chips. Gotcha. They can't sell the pallets to somebody. So it's it's disposing. It's taking them to a landfill. And now that landfill is going to create methane. And then all the emissions from the trucks and the tractors, and then maybe they grind them at the landfill, and then they try to throw the chips around, and they they throw the chips in the landfill, and that that wood waste is going to go and create uh, more methane coming out, which is horrible for the environment. That whole process of just trying to get rid of wood waste, rather than just getting rid of it on site in our machine, and that's that's what it comes down to is that. Rather than spending the, the $30,000 a month to get rid of your wood waste, this company can purchase our machine, which are fireboxes. The price range, the price range is anywhere from 77000 to 208000 So okay. the, the smaller, smallest one that burns one ton an hour, one mm-hmm. ton of wood waste an hour, that's a $77,000 piece of equipment. The largest firebox that burns 13 tons an hour, that's, uh, that machine is going to burn about 13 tons an hour, right? So that, and that's going to be a $208,000 piece of equipment. Okay. So when it comes down to the operational costs, what they'll do is they'll, they'll compare the, what are we paying right now to get rid of our wood waste compared to if we bought this machine, what, how, what is our ROI to pay off the machine and what's our, our daily operational cost to run the machine? So we hear quite often, okay, well, we're going to grind and haul. So there's an HOA community right down the street from us here where we manufacture, and they spend $50,000 to grind and haul their vegetation. So they purchased a machine that was about $100,000. Mm-hmm. They had been running that machine for the past nine years now, eight to nine years. Wow. Um, and it's still all original. It's a 116E. It's an electric motor, uh, and they've been running it for nine years, all original. Wow. No maintenance. Uh, really, you're able to run it on a daily basis with no maintenance, and that's, that's another 
large benefit. Yeah, I'm. I as you were kind of saying that too. Like, I was gonna say, like, what is the time frame in which you can use these things? Is it an everyday thing? Like, how much maintenance does? Like, even the engine. Well, you're saying it's electric too. Like the diesel engine. Does that change the time frame at all? Or so no. I mean, uh, California Parks. They've been running their fireboxes for the past twenty plus years. Uh, about a, about a year ago, they put on a brand new tier four final engine. So okay. they had to upgrade the uh, California Air Resources Board CARB and made them upgrade from a tier three to a tier four engine. So they put a $30,000 engine on wow. a 20 year old firebox, <laughs> right? So then I just received a call too, just last week from uh, the, the Department of Illinois. And so it's, de- or the Department of Transportation for Illinois, I'm sorry. And so the Department of Transportation for Illinois, they've been running our firebox for, I think it's 21 or 22 years old. Wow. Box and they called us up about hey it, you know this machine's pretty beat up it it uh, it needs some repair so they're looking at repairing the machine or possibly buying a new one but all okay. original parts in that machine wow. and so the Department of Transportation they do emergency management cleanup so when a tornado hits or a storm hits and the trees are down in the middle of the road and they're trying to figure out exactly how to clean up the area they take the firebox out there and they, they clean up the area gotcha. so. Some of these stories, I mean, we've been manufacturing machines for 25 years. So yeah. hearing that these machines are still out there on the original panels, the original uh, equipment of the fireboxes is exciting. Um, but, you know, w- with with pallets, that is actually the harshest material for for our machine. Really? Why? Yeah. Why is that? So it's the heat of the pallets. Um, you know, when the, when you burn it inside of the box itself. So like a prime example, I have a, another customer that they've been running a 116E okay. um, and they're up in Kentucky or Tennessee up there and, and they've been burning pallets and reels for the past 16 years. Okay. And they called me up a few months ago and they said, hey, our machine's pretty beat up and we're going to put it in our budget to purchase a new machine uh, this year. So nice. a 16 year run out of a, a 116E with a with an electric, which is means the electric motor. That's still a long time though you know like it's still they they clearly stand up to the amount of of uh and again like use like this is every single day right that they're using this piece of machinery you know what some sometimes customers yeah yes it's usually on a daily basis uh, but sometimes customers are burning one day a week right so like i have this city in north carolina they're they're burning every friday so they burn one day a week okay Um, i have some cities that it'll burn uh, one week out of the month, and then we have some customers that are burning two fireboxes. So one person wow. can load up to three fireboxes. So okay. and so it just depends on how much waste that they're they're looking to get rid of. That's crazy. That's crazy just to think about like the piece of machinery lasting as long as it has. The stories that you have is, I mean, you guys have been around for twenty five years. So the fact that you know your original equipment is still out there, still operating. Uh, properly, you know, is is really cool to hear, and I think that you know, obviously, this is the pallet plug podcast, and it's meant to be more pallet related. I think that just overall, as a whole company and product, it's really interesting, um, and I feel like you've you've emphasized the relevancy to this industry as well. Where, I mean, like you were saying, like as far as the uh, the use cases go. Like it's saving you on uh, spending with recycling or mulching or whatever you're doing with pallets, like whatever other option that you have of disposing of the waste, like 
this seems like it still provides a better solution. It's a cleaner solution. Um, and just overall, I feel like, uh, man, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the other topics that we had covered as well. I've just really like, I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed learning about this thing. Is Let's there negative? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was going to say, it's funny because I was like, share some good stories. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's fair. These are all, yeah. <laughs> these are all fun stories. I mean, cause we, we hear, I hear them all the time, uh, but yeah. let's talk about the negatives with yeah, it. Yeah. And it really comes down to, there are federal guidelines. You are burning. You do need to be away from certain people. Okay. Uh, so depending on certain people, certain houses, um, you, you want to make sure it's safe. Safety is always the number one priority. When when people call in first and they start talking to us, the the first thing that I always do name, telephone number, email, email, and address. What physical address are you looking to put place? Where are you looking to place this machine? Okay. And I pull it up on Google Maps and I see exactly where it is. So here's the negative: you can't put it right in the middle of the city, right? So the <laughs> federal guidelines are 300 feet from any occupied dwelling, not including your own. Okay. Those are the federal guidelines where you can place our firebox. So the firebox can sit here and then 300 feet away from your neighbors, you have to be. Now okay. that the states can be more restrictive. So there are certain states that'll be 500. There'll be certain states that'll be, um, you know, a thousand feet. So you get into those certain areas. So the, the pallet companies that many times are right in the middle of the city. Mm. And they don't have that that land. So most of our customers that have our fireboxes, they need a minimum of seven acres of property. Okay. Right? So okay. a minimum of seven acres. And the reason for that, it gives you that 300 foot that you need from from any uh, any other occupied dwelling, not including your own. But if you get into certain states where it's a thousand feet, uh, mm. then you have to be even further away, which means that you need a larger piece of property. And many pallet companies or many, many pallet facilities don't have that, uh, have that property. But if you have property and you have the room to put an air curtain burner on, then yes, it's definitely going to save you money rather than grinding and hauling. Gotcha. And then also too, it's going to give you that peace of mind where many states talk to many pallet companies where they are just open burning in the back and they leave. Yeah. They leave at the end of the day and the pit's still burning and the embers are still out there and, and it can, you know, catch fire overnight while nobody's there. So right. our machine is a contained way to burn. That's, that's a good point. I think that, um, the, something I never really thought about too, is just like the location aspect of it and how it's like, I was saying too earlier, it's like, you can't put it inside. So to consider your surrounding area. But the fact that you guys do that, you know, you're not going to like sell somebody a machine and then be like, oh, you can't use it. <laughs> like, too bad. You know, you're stuck with it now. <laughs> yeah. And so, then, yeah. That goes back to the, well, what we do is we don't, we don't try to sell. We simply just educate. Yeah. And if the firebox makes sense at the end of our conversation, then we're not selling the customers saying, okay, well, how do I get this machine in my property? Yeah. And we simply walk them through the process of, of what's best in each and every state. Here, we have an air quality engineer in-house. We have mechanical engineering uh, here in-house. So we're here to assist, assist our customers all over the United States and all over the world. And, and getting back to, I think we mentioned briefly, tested by EPA here in the mm -hmm. United States, tested by EPA in Australia, tested by Environment Canada, tested wow. by the U.S. Forest Service, uh, state tests, forestry tests, 
tested by universities. So multiple tests over the past 25 years. For the uh, environmental impact of, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like your job is fairly easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kyle, don't tell anybody that. No, no, I know. <laughs> you know, not to, not to take away from, from what you're doing, but no, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I feel like hearing about this thing, it's just like you can, I, I, I'm sure that cost has to be like the biggest objection that you you come across but right or is there other ones like i didn't want to make an assumption there but what 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 are like the most common objections and specifically to like the pallet industry you know like what have you found when pursuing this avenue uh at, at this industry that you like what are the common objections that you that you run into is it i mean we kind of talked about safety. It, location safety it's yeah Safety is number one. I mean, sawmill, pallet companies, they, you know, these facilities, especially sawmills, they usually have 30, you know, 30 feet of, of chips and embers just kind of, or just sitting there. Um, but, you know, safety, safety number one, I think that's probably what's always brought up is they're worried about, you know, embers flying out of the machine or, or embers being carried and, and not saying that that could not happen, right? Mm -hmm. So embers can get out of the machine and ember could fall on the ground. Um, so with, with that, that's why there's safety. When you burn with the firebox, you have a 50 foot radius, um, on the opposite side of the manifold of the box. So that's, you know, safety is, is always number one, but, uh, again, a lot of these pallet companies are just open burning out back to where yeah. you know, our machine is, is much safer than that. Um, and usually when you, when you have the seven acres of property, um, you know, that is going to uh, give you the opportunity to put the firebox on your piece of property in a safe area where you're not going to have that combustible material right next to the firebox. Um, I'll, I'll never forget a story and not going to name any names here, but their <laughs> entire yard was filled up with pallets. And so uh, there were pallets all over the yard and the customer was building pallets and selling pallets. And uh, so the customer calls me up and he wants a machine. He purchased the S330 firebox, our largest okay. firebox. So oh, when wow. it was delivered to the site, again, look on Google Maps, great site, uh, a lot of lands. He didn't, didn't have any houses around him, uh, yeah. so he was all by himself. And uh, when the firebox was delivered to the site, which you couldn't see on Google Maps, the entire site was filled with pallets, you know, 10 feet high. And there was just pallets all over, broken pallets all over the yard. Jeez. And so it was delivered and our trainer goes out there and our trainer looks and there's pallets within five feet of the firebox. And, oh, wow. And basically we had to move move some of the pallets away so we can start burning. Uh, but the, the, the point of this story was, yes, this customer was engulfed in pallets, couldn't get rid of them. It's going to cost too much to grind and haul. Uh, so he purchased our machine. He cleaned up his entire yard. So clean up all the pallets with the S330 firebox. That's the machine that burns around 12, 13 tons an hour. Mm -hmm. Cleaned up his yard. And then because he cleaned up his yard in the next few months, he was able to pick up four new clients. And the wow. new he was able to pick up is because he was able to bring back their broken scrap where he had no room to take it before he was able to clean up his yard and gain new clients because he had a way to get rid of all the scrap wood now see there that's that like it it shows the value in itself that it's like this thing can truly help out people in a way that 
you don't really think about. And I feel like you were saying like a lot of the open burn, open burn is a lot of the option, which like in itself, like I've talked to people who are not proud of, of it, you know, like they do it because they're like, I don't know what else to do, you know, or it's like they're sneaking it into some dumpster that they shouldn't be, which is like, that's not the larger companies, you know, it's sure. the guy in his backyard sure. or something. But regardless, you know, it's still like th- there's still an application for this uh piece of machinery you know and and yeah i i I really appreciate you you taking the time to to come on today and just explain what this is how it applies to the industry how it can benefit people um i mean we're we're coming up on an hour is is there any other maybe some good stories or positive stories that uh are related to to the pallet industry or even if it's not you know like i still i still always like hearing a good story so (laughs) <laughs> Feel free to share, and then I think we could uh, we could kind of cap it off at that. Well, other stories. I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, so many stories that I've heard over the past twenty five years here uh, with our machines all over the world. Yes, I, we can go on. That would probably be the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But for the pallet companies themselves, we just hear success stories and how customers are so happy because they're saving money, right? So yeah. they're, they're doing something that, that's helping out the environment, using a good piece of equipment to get rid of the wood waste. Um, and then also they're able to put more money back into their pockets, which means hire more employees, expand their business. Uh, and so this is getting these success stories from the clients out there that are currently burning and, and currently uh, utilizing our machines, that is going to be uh, the, the biggest success stories that I see. And it's it's the same thing all over again. Take the pallets, throw it in the firebox. So it's yeah. nothing exciting really with the story, <laughs> no, but it's just customers all over the United States. I mean, I think I think uh, the next podcast, maybe let's let's go live to a customer that has a firebox. That would be cool. Yeah. And if you do tech. that, yeah, definitely take the time to like record that. I mean, I'd love to share it and post it for you guys. Like, obviously, it's your own material to use. But yeah, I think that that would be that would be exciting to just kind of have hear that insight, hear somebody who's actively using it. It would be really interesting. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I, I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to educate us, tell us all about this thing, show us how it's relevant to the pallet industry, teach people on how they can save themselves some money, clean up their yard more easily, have this thing that's more efficient. And then also the energy aspect of it too. That That's the really cool part. I think that um, hearing more about that or uh, you guys are releasing it January, 2024, you were saying? January 2024. We're about getting ready to ship it out to California, which is going to okay. be our demonstration site. Okay. Uh, and so, that, uh, so that's going to be exciting. January of 2024, we'll be, it'll be open. Uh, open to see it for customers. Nice. Awesome. That That's exciting. So, yeah, I, again, I, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. What were we going to say? Sorry, I cut you no, off. This was fun. I just want to thank you for having me yeah. to talk about uh, our machines, the Air Curtain Burners, Air Burners Incorporated. So you can find more information on our machines at airburners.com. Uh, so A-I-R-B-U-R-N-E-R-S.com. And so you can con- contact us or our our website is very informative, so please take a yeah. look at any any future questions. But again, thank you so much for having us on here and discussing uh, the pallet industry. Yeah, 
yeah, I, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta plug your own company too. So I'll be <laughs> sure to, I'll include links in, in the description for anybody who's interested in checking out their website. I'll put your LinkedIn in there as well. So people can find you Marty as well. So people can reach out to him through that. Um, great. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for coming on. And, uh, for everybody who's listening, I, I say it every single time. I always wait till the end to say, if you're listening, you know, I'd ask that you subscribe if you're on YouTube or follow along, if you're on Spotify, whatever platform, uh, and it really helps out and it's greatly appreciated. So thank you for tuning in and, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everybody.